Good morning, good morning, good morning, my beloveds. Greetings in the name of our risen, redeeming, and returning Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I greet you this Tuesday with Jesus' joy. I'm certainly grateful to be able to connect with you this Tuesday morning for another walk through the Word of God as we continue in our study of the Old Testament book of Leviticus. I pray and trust as always that all is well with you and yours uh, on this blessed Tuesday. Pray that God is continuing to bless you and keep you as I know he can and will. Um, I am certainly excited about today's lesson as we continue in our study of the book of Leviticus. We have covered the first 12 chapters thus far, uh, which have been uh, chapters of regulation, chapters of understanding, making sure that everything that God has said, Moses makes sure it is carried out. Well, we're going to continue in that same vein as we continue uh, the study of the word of God, beginning with the 13th chapter of the book of Leviticus. Um, and we're going to take on a new unit of study as we walk through the word of God. So I pray you've got your Bible. I pray that you've got your handouts. I pray that you've got no taking material. Uh, we've got a very insightful uh, lesson today as we begin dealing with chapters 13, 14, and 15 of the book of Leviticus. Of course, if this is your first time joining us for Bible study, we're certainly glad to have you a part of the Bible study that comes from the St. James Missionary Baptist Church located in the city of Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Uh, this is our Old Testament word walk. And uh, if you desire to have a copy of the handout, all you have to do is scan that QR code that you see in the bottom corner of the screen, and it will bring up uh, this lesson handout to which you can download, make copies of it, and tag along with us as we walk through the word of God. So now as we're getting ready to do that, let's take a moment and let's pray. Let's seek God's guidance. Let's pray and seek God's direction as we walk through his word together. Join me now. Let's pray together. Most holy and all wise God, we come before you now telling you thank you, dear Lord, for this day. Thank you for life, for health, and for strength that we are closed in a right mind and able to move from one place to another. God, we are so grateful. We are so thankful for everything that you have done and you are continuing to do for us. Now, God, as we come before your people to once again share your word with your people, as always, God, I ask for clarity of speech and clarity of thought. I want to be found rightly dividing your word before your people. God, I pray now that everything that I have studied, you bring back to my remembrance and allow me to share the word in such a way that perhaps if a child is watching, they'll be able to understand and grab a hold to your word. I thank you for this chance. I thank you for every chance. It is in the name of Jesus. We pray and we praise. Amen. Amen. And amen. Again, beloveds, I'm certainly grateful, certainly thankful to have you all connected with us this Tuesday morning, um, perhaps Tuesday evening for the rebroadcast. We're certainly grateful and thankful to have you joining us. In today's lesson, we're going to continue in the vein uh, that we left off with chapter 12 as we continue in the process and understanding God's desire for his people to live happy, healthy, and whole. Um, in these next three chapters, we're going to take sort of a different turn. If you will, in chapters 10, 11, and 12, we talked about clean and healthy eating, clean and healthy living, and even clean and healthy childbirth. In today's lesson, we're beginning in today's lesson and for the next couple of weeks leading up to our last Bible study for this year, we're going to spend time talking about um, cleanliness and holiness, but in a different format. We want to talk about the infirmities, the bodily infirmities, um, and what God has to say about them and how God wants us to respond and react with regards to them. For the last three weeks, we've been dealing with physical health. Well, we're going to continue to deal with spiritual health, physical health rather, but we're going to spend some time now talking about the standards for spiritual health, spiritual life, spiritual living. 
All right. If the only way that we can understand spiritual life and healing is to understand or spiritual life and living rather is we must understand how important God sees that we take care of our bodies, our minds, and even our spirits. I want to say that again. We need to see the importance. We need to see how God wants us to take care of our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. First Corinthians six reminds us that our bodies are the dwelling place of God's Holy Spirit. Philippians two, five says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then even as we read through the word of God, we understand over and over again that our spirit man is the most important piece because that is what makes us us. Genesis 2, 7 reminds us that God breathed into our nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. He did not become a living human. He did not become a living being. He became a living soul. And so with that soul, we've got responsibilities to maintain the well-being of our bodies, our minds, and above all, our souls. So we're going to spend some time dealing with it. Let's break it down. If you're following the handout, let's take a moment to just look at the introductory points uh, for today's lesson. Let's look at the introductory points. Um, point number one from the introduction, let's make sure that we understand that this section of scripture is going to teach us what sin is like and how God wants to deal with it. It's going to show us, if you will, um, why it is that we must always be mindful of how sin can affect us and have an effect on us. We, we must understand what sin is like. Let's make that correction. Praise God for modern technology. We must understand what sin is like and how God wants us to deal with it. All right. These three chapters in Leviticus are going to deal with bodily infirmities of one kind or another. Because God is concerned, God was concerned about the physical welfare of his chosen people, just as he was concerned about their spiritual welfare. He cared about their needs during the wilderness. And he said to them, according to Exodus 15, that if they obeyed him, he would shield them from the diseases that they had seen in Egypt. All right. What we're seeing here is a continuation of what we've been talking about in chapters 10 through 12, that while it is true that our greatest needs are spiritual, God wants to make sure that our bodies and our minds are kept well just as much as our spirit man. So we want to make sure that we see in chapters 13, 14, and 15, how much sin has an effect on our bodies, sin has an effect on our minds and how sin affects our spirits. And we're also going to see how God is going to give Moses some instructions on how the children of Israel, his chosen people were to deal with it. The second thing that I wanna make sure that we see in chapters 13, 14 and 15, point number two in the introduction, this section of scripture reflects or reveals Christ as the great physician. Amen. It reveals Christ as the great physician that was wounded that we all may be healed. I pray now that we're beginning to understand by the time we wrap up Leviticus chapter 13, 14, and 15, we will have an understanding of what Isaiah meant when Isaiah said that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of his peace, of our peace rather, was laid upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. We're going to see as we apply it to our lives as New Testament believers, we're going to see how important we give reverence and respect to Christ as the great physician 
who underwent great pain and great agony and suffered greatly that we may be healed. You remember the old hymn, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Watch this next phrase. Sin had left a crimson stain, but what did he do? He washed it white as snow. Which brings us to uh, the main point that we want to get into in these three chapters. We are continuing in that discussion of health, hygiene, and holiness that we began um, in, in chapters 10 through 12. But in this particular point, health, hygiene, and holiness are seen in how we deal with three spiritual illnesses or three spiritual entities. Uh, that's a better word. Three spiritual entities. What are the three entities? In chapter 13, we're going to see how hygiene, health, and holiness are seen in how we deal with sin. How we deal with sin. Chapter 14 is going to show us how we deal with our salvation from sin. That's where Christ is really going to come to life for us as the high priest who cannot be touched, who cannot be affected by our infirmities. And then in chapter 15, we'll wrap up talking about the sanctity of life, health, hygiene, and holiness are seen in how we deal with sin, how we deal with salvation, and how we deal with sanctity. Now, beloveds, I want to make sure that you understand and ride with me and know exactly where I'm going. Please understand that chapters 13, 14, and 15 are rather lengthy chapters in our Bible. So I'm going to be referencing verses throughout um, as we sort of travel through them. Um, I will not read it verse by verse because, of course, uh, it is a lot of reading. I want to make sure uh, that you understand that. There is a lot of reading um, in each chapter. Chapter 13 has almost 60 verses. In it. <laughs> so we, we will not read it verse by verse, but I am going to reference uh, several things. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Point number one from the handout, we deal with chapter 13, Leviticus chapter 13, as we talk about health, hygiene, and holiness in relation to how we deal or how we encounter sin. How we encounter sin. Now, let's first of all define the word sin. That's important. Sin. How do we define the word sin? The word sin is defined as anything that separates us from the word, will, and ways of God. That's, that's what sin is. Sin is anything that causes us to be separated from God. However, there is going to appear one word in chapters 13, 14, and 15 that is going to appear more than any other word. That word is the word leprosy. Leprosy. Um, the Hebrew word leprosy um, is found in chapters 13, 14, and 15. And in these particular chapters, we see a description of the symptoms and the ceremonies that were used to see mankind cleansed from their leprosy. But I want to make sure that you understand that letter A under point number one, leprosy in Hebrew simply means a skin disease or mildew. The Hebrew word translated for leprosy in Leviticus includes various skin diseases and even mildew. As a matter of fact, you can look at it. It's actually referenced in chapter 13, uh, verse number 47. And it is also seen in chapter 14, verse 33. All right. What we are basically seeing here as it relates to leprosy is understanding that it is a disease of skin. And that skin disease is one of the images of sin. So when we study these chapters, we learn what sin is like and how God wants to deal with it. 
And then we are able to look beyond Moses to Jesus Christ, who was wounded, according to Isaiah 53 and 5. He was wounded for our transgressions that we might be healed. By his stripes, we are healed. So let's dive into chapter 13 in verses 1 through 46 of chapter 13. And might I add, in chapter 14, the first 32 verses of chapter 14, we'll deal with chapter 14 next week. We talk a little bit about sin as an infection. Sin as an infection. In in those verses, basically what we are beginning to see are several things. But this is one of the most important points that I want to show you as we look at Leviticus chapter 13. Please see, according to Leviticus chapter 13, letter B, in scripture, disease is a form of sin. All right? A disease is a form of sin. Since infection made a a person ceremonially unclean, we saw that last week, a week before last, in chapter 11, God appointed the priest to act as his examiners to determine whether a victim was clean or unclean and therefore had to be separated from the camp. We saw that in chapter 11. Remember where in chapter 11, God told Moses, basically, if they are unclean and they touch anything, that thing that they touch becomes unclean. If food is in it and they touch it and they are unclean, the vessel that the food is in is unclean, the food becomes unclean, all right? And as a result of that, they had to be separated or isolated from the camp, all right? The person being examined could be isolated, according to chapter 13, for as long as two weeks to give the disease a chance to change for the better or the worse. Here's what we see in the first 46 chapter, 46 verses rather of chapter 13. The symptoms could include, according to verses one through eight, swelling or a rash. Verses nine through 17, whiteness or raw flesh. Verses 18 through 23, boils. Verses 24 through 28, burns or verses 29 through 44, eruptions of the skin. Let me give it to you one more time. Let me give it to you one more time. The symptoms of leprosy, skin disease, could involve, according to verses one through eight, swelling or a rash, whiteness or raw flesh in verses nine through 17, boils, in verses 18 through 23, burns in verses 24 through 28, and then in verses 29 through 44, skin eruptions. Not everything that looked like leprosy was actually leprosy. And it would have been cruel to isolate someone who wasn't actually affected. But because it was God's chosen people, God said that the priest had to check out those who were considered unclean to determine whether or not they were unclean. All right. So what are we saying here? If in scripture, disease is a form of sin. And I got a few scriptures that I placed in the handout that I want you to reference and hold on to. The first one is Psalm 147, verse three. Psalm 147, verse three says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Then jump with me quickly, and I I know I'm gonna move sort sort of quick through this piece. Look with me secondly at Isaiah chapter one. Verses four through six. Look, look at what the prophet says about the nation. Isaiah chapter one, verses four through six. It's right there on the screen. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. 
offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Why will you be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? Look at this. The whole head is sick. Lord have mercy. And the whole heart faint. Verse six is the one. From the sole of the foot to the head, there is no soundness in it. But what? Bruises and sores and raw wounds. They are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. So we see here, we see that God, God is basically really helping them to understand that because of their disobedience, because of their turning away from him, because of their um, abiding in him and obeying him, they have put themselves in a major thing. They put themselves in trouble with God and God equates their sin and their disobedience to being leprous. You have separated yourself from me. You have put yourself in a place where God said your head and your heart is sick. Your head is sick. Your heart is sick. There's no soundness in you. If I could make it live, you have lost all sort of common sense because you have allowed sin to set in and spread through your body like wildfire. Come on, somebody. Please catch the revelation. The revelation that chapter 13 is presenting to us that Moses had to present to God's chosen people, just like leprosy or leprous diseases causes you to be separated from civilization, the same thing happens when you allow yourself to get separated from God. You will become sick in your heart, sick in your mind. Your spirit is messed up when you have been separated from God. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's look at another passage. Let's look at another passage. If you're following the handout, the next passage is Jeremiah chapter eight, verses one, two, and three. Look at what the word of God says. At that time, declares the Lord, the bones of the kings of Judah, the bones of its officials, the bones of the priests, the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be brought out of their tombs. And they shall spread before the sun and the moon and all the host of heaven, which they have loved and served, which they have gone after, which they have sought and worshiped. They shall not be gathered or burned or buried rather. They shall be as dung on the surface of the ground. Death shall be preferred to life. Do y'all see this? Verse three, death shall be preferred to life by all the remnants that remains of this evil family in all places where I have driven them, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, I know this is a little tough to bear, and I know there's some really hard language here, but I pray that we are beginning to see what the word of God is trying to show us. What's the word trying to show us, pastor? The word is trying to show us how quickly we can get sidetracked in our relationship with God and cause ourselves to miss out because of our own disobedience. Amen, somebody. Amen goes right there, beloved. Amen goes right there. How quickly we can allow sin to cause us to miss out. Sin separates us from God. What are you saying, pastor? Here's what I'm needing you to see. In this passage of scripture, we now understand why the apostle Paul declared in Romans 3.23 that the wages, the payment of sin is death. We don't want anything to separate us just as leprosy separated them from human civilization. Y'all sin, if we are not careful, will separate us from spiritual civilization from spiritual fellowship. 
with God. You don't want to miss that fellowship, beloved. You don't want to miss that walk with God. You don't want to miss out on everything that God has in store for you. Amen. We must be also careful that we don't allow things to fester in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls and in our spirits that would cause us to be separated from God. Amen. Let me move on. Let me move on. Let's share another passage. Um, let's stay in the book of Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20. And I want to take a look at verses 10 um, through 12. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 10 through 12. Let's, let's look and see what the word of God says in that place. For I hear many whispering, terror is on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him, say all my close friends, watching for my fall. Perhaps he will be deceived and we can overcome him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble. They will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their internal dishonor will never be forgotten. Look at this, y'all. O Lord of hosts, who tests the righteous, who sees the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you have I committed my cause. Now, this is the brother. Keep in mind, y'all, this is the brother who basically said, I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm not going to preach the word. I'm not going to tell them what God said anymore. And this is the reason why. There were many whispering. Let's denounce him. Let's denounce him. Let's wait and watch for his fall. Let's, let's see what happens. But look at what Jeremiah says. Because I remain faithful, to the call, and because I am determined to stand and not be separated by my own disobedience, the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Good God Almighty. God will fight for you if you stand for him. God will cover you and will heal you and protect you even when sin tries to attack you. Is anybody seeing where I'm going today? And understanding that the reason why we must remain clean before God is God covers us. That's why Jeremiah says in verse 12, God tests the righteous. God sees the heart. God sees the mind. So God, let me see you handle those who are trying to distance themselves from you by coming for me. That's why, that's why, that's why Jeremiah said that every time I tried to keep my mouth shut, every time I tried to be quiet, the word raged up in me as a burning fire. He said that I got to the point I got weary of shutting my mouth and I couldn't even stand it. I had to let it out. You know how it is when you just, you just got to tell it. You got to tell it. You can't help but tell it. And you ought to want to tell it. You should never be ashamed to tell it. Can we dance? Can we stand one more? Lord have mercy. Let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. Mark chapter two. And let's look at verses 13 through 17. Mark the second chapter, verses 13 through 17. Let's look at the word of God there. We go to the New Testament, the New Testament. In Mark chapter two, verses 13 through 17, the word of God says, he went out again beside the sea and all the crowd was coming to him and he, Jesus, was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, look at this, 
when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to the disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? I love verse 17. When Jesus heard it, Jesus said to him, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but to, but sinners. King James version says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. What's the revelation that we are seeing as it relates to sin? Here's the revelation that I pray that you see. If you are a sinner, Christ offers hope for you to be cleansed from your sin. Remember, we said in the outset that Christ is seen as the great physician who would be wounded so that we could be healed. Now, think about this now, because it was the scribes of the Pharisees, the haters of Jesus, who were looking for an opportunity to hang him up, much like those were trying to do Jeremiah in chapter 20. And remember how Jeremiah dealt with it? Jeremiah prayed, God, deal with them. Let me see you deal with them. So now we get here and in verse 17, uh, let's, let's put that back up on the screen. Verse 17, Jesus heard the scribes of the Pharisees, heard them talking. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? He said, here's why I'm eating with them. Since you want to talk about it, I want to let you know I heard you. Let me tell you why. Those who are well don't need a physician. See, anybody who is comfortable, let me make this live. Anybody who is comfortable living in sin does not want to be cleansed from sin. See, you got to want it, beloveds. You got to want to be cleansed. There's got to be a desire in you that basically says, I am a sinner, but I need God to clean me up. That's why the word of God teaches us that when we confess with our mouths, Roman, Romans chapter 10, remember the Roman road to salvation? Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 8 and 5, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet separated from him, Christ died from, for us. Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10. Therefore, if we would confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God have raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So how are we going to do it? Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can be cleansed. And we see this throughout chapter 13 of Leviticus and even chapter 14. You can be cleansed from sin. Amen. You can be cleansed from sin, but you've got to be willing to want it. Amen. So we looked, we looked at chapter 13, the first four, first few verses, first four verses basically have us to understand that if a man is leprous or has leprosy, point C of the handout, examination of the priest was required to determine whether or not the man was clean or unclean. Now we've already dealt with the different symptoms that take place. We've already talked about them um, in chapter 13 as they appear in chapter 13. We've already talked about them, whether it was the rash, the whiteness or the raw flesh, the boils, the burns or skin eruptions, whatever it was. If it appeared and it was leprosy, God said to Moses, as a matter of fact, uh, let's look at it real quick. Let's look at those first uh, four verses real quick. Uh, Leviticus chapter number 13. Yeah, let's look at those first maybe three, four verses um, real quick just to lay the proper foundation. Amen. Leviticus chapter 13 verses um, let's look at verses one through, uh, let's look at the first eight verses. That'll help us out. All right. Leviticus chapter one, verses one through eight. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, 
When a person has on the skin of his body a swelling or an eruption or a spot, and it turns into a case of leprous disease on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons the priest, and the priest shall examine the disease area on the skin of his body. And if the hair in the disease area has turned white, and the disease appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a case of leprous disease. When the priest has examined him, he shall pronounce him unclean. But if the spot is white in the skin of his body and appears no deeper than the skin, and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest shall shut up the diseased person for seven days. And the priest shall examine him on the seventh day. And if in his eyes the disease is checked and the disease has not spread in the skin, the priest shall shut him up for another seven days. Verse six, and the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day. And if the disease area has faded and the disease has not spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only an eruption and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the eruption spreads in the skin after he has shown himself to the priest for his cleansing, he shall appear again before the priest and the priest shall look. And if the eruption has spread in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous disease. What's the point that we're trying to see? Nothing takes place without the approval or the disapproval of the priest. Why is this? Remember, we talked about this in the book of Exodus. The priest represented God. He was God's mouthpiece. He was God's representative. Whereas Moses was God's instrument in leading the people from slavery to freedom, Aaron and his son at this point are the mouthpiece. They put on the aphod and entered the holy place and spoke to God on behalf of the people. Only by the priest, all right, that they determined it was unclean or clean. Now, this is where it gets interesting because according to Leviticus chapter 13, letter D of the handout, according to Leviticus chapter 13, the examination included not only the persons in verses uh, 1 through 46, but in verses 47 through 59, it also deal with the inspection of the clothing. It also dealt with the man's house in chapter 14, verses 33 through 57. Here, the priest was looking for mildew or fungus that if it was allowed to spread among the people would do some serious damage. That fungus could have destroyed man, it could have destroyed his family, it could have even destroyed his crops. What's the revelation? Here's the revelation, beloveds, that we need to see in, in Leviticus chapter 13. What we need to see here is that leprosy being an illustration of sin in our lives ought to have us to understand that we must constantly undergo investigation by the high priest. How is our method of investigation? Our lives are brought against God's word. Our lives are examined. We should examine our lives according to God's word. We should examine our homes according to God's word. We should examine how we present ourselves, not only to people, but to God, according to his word. You know, we've already referenced it. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. How? Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's the least you can do. 
Because if you cannot present yourself wholly and acceptable to God, you make yourself a prime target for sin and Satan to spread like wildfire. And sin, when it spreads, is just like venom that is that has come after being bitten by a snake. If you don't deal with that venom, that venom will spread through your body and it will kill you. I need to say this this morning in hopes of helping somebody. You got to be careful of who attaches to you. You got to be careful of who feeds into your spirit. I'm going to say it to help somebody this morning. Be careful who you talk to. Be careful who talks to you. Be careful what mess you allow to come into your ear gates. Be careful of who you allow to speak into your life because some folks will spread venom and it will cause more harm than good. That's one of the reasons why even with a snake bite in a natural sense, if a snake is bitten, medical personnel have but a short time to really deal with it before it begins to spread and take its toll on the body. Amen. Leviticus 13 tells us that examination takes place in the man's body, the man's clothing, and in the man's house. So since uh, uh, disease or leprosy is a representation of sin in the Bible, when we read these verses, I pray that as you see through chapter 13, you're going to see about five things that I need us to see about sin. The symptoms of sin. Letter E under uh, point number one of today's lesson. The symptoms of sin. What are the symptoms of sin? What are the symptoms uh, of sin? How do we know that, that it is sin? All right. Let's, let's look at them. There are five things that I really want to show us, and we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to stop here. All right. Point number one, number one, number one, sin is deeper than the skin. Sin is deeper than the skin. All right. According to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse nine, Jeremiah 17, nine says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The word wicked here comes in this verse means sick, but it means sick beyond cure. See, you must understand, beloveds, that sin is not some surface problem that can be solved with simple remedies. No, sin comes from within. Mm-hmm. Sin comes from the heart of man because the heart is deceitful. And it is desperately sick. But here's the problem. Who knows it? Who knows it? Sin comes from within, from a fallen human nature. And until the heart is changed, there is no solving of the sin problem. Amen. Romans chapter 7 verse 18 says, For I know, Paul said, For I know that is in my flesh nothing good dwells. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the bondage of this death? I need somebody to deliver me. Why? When I would do good. Evil is always present. Amen. Isaiah chapter one, verses five and six says that the whole head is sick. We referenced this earlier. The whole heart faints from the sole of the foot to the head. There is no soundness in it wounds, bruises, and petrifying sores. I'm talking about stuff that stinks, beloved. Stinking thinking, stinking living, spreads deeper than the skin. Sin is not something on the surface. It is something that must be dealt with. Second thing, second thing we see, sin spreads. How many times do we find this in, in chapter 13? It's found in verses five through eight. It's found in verses 22 through 28. It's found in verses 32 through 36. It's found in verses 51 through 57. And then it is found in chapter 14, verses 39 through 48. 
Look at what happens. Leprosy mm -hmm, affects the skin and the nerve endings. Therefore, when leprosy attacks the body, the body becomes to a place where it is no longer immune. It is no longer sensitive. Come on, see the revelation. That's what sin does to us. If we let sin spread in our bodies and in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, it will affect our attitude. It will affect our actions. It will affect our atmospheres. It will affect how we interact with people. It will affect how we react with people. Sin is just like leprosy. When leprosy takes control of a man's body, the man loses ability to sense. It affects the skin. It affects the nerve endings. The tissue contracts. The limbs become deformed. What begins as a little sore gradually spreads through the whole body. Isn't that just like sin? James chapter 1 verse 15 said that when desire has conceived, when our own personal lusts have conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Amen. Third thing, third thing, sin defiles. Sin defiles. In verses 44 through 46, we find that there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read those verses real quick. Leviticus um, chapter 13, verses 44 through 46, look at what he says. He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest must pronounce him unclean. The disease is on his head. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside of the camp. Between chapters 13, 14, and 15, the word unclean appears some 54 times. Basically, it describes one who is unable to be fit for social life or able to participate in worship because they are unclean. They are unclean. Amen. Whatever sin touches, it defiles. It makes it unclean. We just talked about this in chapter 11, that if they were unclean, anything they touched became unclean. It defiles. Leprosy defiles not only the man, but anything that man touches. That's what we see in chapter 13. So in essence, with leprosy being a representation of sin, anytime we touch something in sinful nature, we are considered defiling. That's why when a man had leprosy, he had to wear tore off clothes. He had to wear his hair loose. I don't know if any of you all would remember this. Anybody who knows anything about having chicken pox or having shingles, Imagine leprosy being chicken pox or shingles times a thousand. You know how that itching feeling, that discomfort that comes into the skin and it comes out on top of the skin with chicken pox and shingles, it operates underneath the skin. It is painful until it subsides. It has to work its way out. Only through the blood of Jesus can we allow sin to be worked out of us. Whatever sin touches, it defiles. And only the blood of Jesus can wash away that defilement. Think about David in Psalm 51. David's prayer of confession. Look at this now. And I don't know if, if anybody's ever paid any attention to it. I don't know if anybody's paid any attention to it. Have you noticed that when you read Psalm 51, David talks about how sin had an effect on every part of his being. Let's look at it real quick. I'm not going to read it, but I just want to reference it. And I want you to look at it with me. 
Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Let's let's look at it. Let's look at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. According, according to Psalm 51, look at this. David's eyes were affected by his sin in verse three. David's mind was affected in verse six. David's ears and his bones were affected in verse eight. David's heart was affected in verse 10, creating me a clean heart. David's mouth was affected in verses 13 through 15. His hands were affected in verse 14 because he took innocent blood. He had Uriah killed. And all he could do was cry out for the mercy of God and say to God, wash me, not once, but twice in Psalm 51. In verse two, and in verse number seven. Amen. Sin is deeper than skin. Sin spreads. Sin defiles. Number four, sin isolates. We just referenced that in verse number 46. He has to tear his clothes. One who is leprous has to tear their clothes, put a covering on their upper lip and cry out unclean, unclean. They shall dwell alone. They can't dwell in normal civilization. Amen. You, you must understand, beloveds. You got to understand. Lost sinners will dwell alone. Sin causes us to separate from God. And if we're not careful, it isolates us from the unbeliever, from the believer. Thus bringing us to the fifth and final Symptom of sin. Sin is only fit for the fire. Look at verses 52, 55, and 57. Because in that place, a defiled garment was to be burned in the fire. It can't be purified. It can only be destroyed. All right? In Mark chapter 9, verse 44, when Jesus talked about hell, he used the word, the Hebrew word, the Greek word rather, Jehenna, J-E-G-E-H-E-N-N-A. Let me get it right. G-E-H-E-N-N-A, which referred to a garbage dump where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Hell is God's eternal Garbage dump prepared for the devil and his angels. Satan and his associates will suffer there forever, along with the people whose names were not found in the book of life because they had not trusted Jesus. They had not rid themselves of the leprosy that is known to us as sin. And they had not trusted Jesus and been born again into the family. Is anybody beginning to see what's happening here? Here's the hope for us today. Here's the hope. Two things I got to share with you. Here's the hope. And I'm going to put it on the screen. Leprosy is temporal. Leprosy, the consequences of leprosy as we find them in chapter 13 are temporal. But the consequences of sin are eternal. They are eternal. The Jews, here's my next point. The Jews understood that there was no cure for leprosy. There was no cure for leprosy. But there is a cure for sin. There is a remedy for sin. What is the remedy? Faith in Jesus Christ is the remedy for sin. The word says, if you would confess him, you would acknowledge that you are a sinner and that you need Christ's touching hand upon your life. He will reach out and give you another chance. Beloved, somebody's watching me right now, whether you're watching me in the morning or the evening. I've got a question for you today. Have you submitted and surrendered your life to Christ? Have you trusted him? If you have, 
you are telling the world that you had the leprosy of sin. You've been examined by the high priest and you've acknowledged and he has acknowledged that you are no longer unclean, that you have been claimed. Romans, Romans chapter 10 tells us we are clean through the word. We are cleansed. I'm sorry. Romans chapter uh, five tells us we are clean through the word. John chapter 15 says the same thing. I am the vine. You are the branches. Every man that abideth in me bringeth forth much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. You are cleaned through the word. The word of God cleans us from sin. The word of God makes things right for us and brings us back into a right relationship with God. Have you trusted him today? Have you given your life to him today? It's just as simple as praying this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I have sinned and come short of your glory. Lord, you said that if I accept you as my Lord and Savior, you will cleanse me from my sin and give me another chance. Clean me, O oh God. Give me a closer walk with you. If you prayed that prayer, beloved, if you accepted that prayer, the next thing for you to do is to be found following the words of Romans chapter 10, making that confession and believing that confession with your heart. What is that confession? The confession is this. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he came, gave his life and died for me that I might be saved. I confess it with my mouth. I believe it with my heart. And right now, I know I am saved. Now, beloveds, if you made that confession today, if you've acknowledged Jesus Christ as Savior of your life, if you have confessed him, you've confessed your sins, he is faithful and just to not only forgive you of your sin, but the word of God says he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If you made that confession today, in just a moment, information is going to appear on the screen. I'm going to ask you to take that smartphone and text these simple words, SJMBC virtual, and send it to the text code of 84576. Once you do that, a reply box is going to come back and it's going to ask you for three pieces of information. It's going to ask for your name. It's going to ask for an email address. And it's also going to ask for a telephone number so that members of our ministerial staff and members of our Church Beyond Walls ministry will reach out to you and connect with you, pray with you. We'll celebrate your decision for Christ and your decision for the kingdom. This is your moment. Don't let it pass you by. Beloveds, I'm certainly grateful for this opportunity to share with you today. And of course, as always, if you have any questions from today's lesson, we've taken a look at a quick review, if you will, of 57 verses of uh, Leviticus chapter 13, as well as a few verses from chapter 14 as well. Um, if you have any questions from today's lesson, please drop those questions in the comment section. If you're in the Tuesday morning broadcast, give us a moment to wrap up our in-person class. We'll be more than happy to answer your questions. If you are watching Tuesday evening, I am behind the scenes. And immediately as I see your questions pop up across our um, streaming feeds and our streaming sites, we will be found answering accordingly. Um, beloveds, the Lord shall say the same next week. We're going to continue in this lesson. We're going to dive into chapter 14. As just as chapter 13 dealt with what happens with a leprous man or a man with leprosy in relation to sin. Next week, we're going to take a look at the cleansing process. We'll talk about the cleansing process from uh, Leviticus chapter 14 verses 1 through 32. We're going to reference those and we're going to talk about those on next week. Don't forget, beloveds, we are quickly winding down our time of sharing and walking through the word for year 2023. 
after today's session, we have two more sessions of Bible study, of Old Testament word walk, Tuesday, December the 5th and Tuesday, December the 12th. Those will be our final two Bible studies for the year. It is my desire to have wrapped up this particular lesson on chapters 13 through 15. Um, I, I'm desiring to be done uh, by uh, the 12th of December so that when we return in January, January the 9th, when we return, we will pick up with another piece of the process. Uh, so we are certainly grateful and thankful that God has allowed us this opportunity to travel and walk through his word thus far. I'm grateful today to tell us that there is still hope. Whereas leprosy was no hope, faith in Christ gives us hope beyond sin. I thank God for you. Thank you for connecting with us. It is my will, but it's got to be the will of God. We'll be back again next Tuesday for another installment of God's word for God's people in these last and evil days. Join me now in a word of closing prayer. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I say thank you for this time that you've given us to share. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the strength of your word. Thank you that our steps continue to be ordered by your word. God, I pray that everything that has been said today has been found pleasing in your sight and to the glory of your name. Continue, God, to allow us to have a closer walk with you. Continue to clean us up, oh God. Remove those areas of leprous sin that spread throughout our body. Clean us and make us fit for the kingdom. We love you, we thank you, we praise you, and we count these things as done. It is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Blessings upon all of you is our prayer. Thank you so much for joining us today for Bible study. We look forward to being back with you next Tuesday uh, for yet another installment. Don't forget the other announcements and meetings as they are held this week. Uh, do not forget um, Inspirational Voices. Uh, we will be rehearsing tomorrow at 7. Don't forget Midday Prayers at 12 noon. Uh, deacons, uh, we will meet tomorrow at 5 p.m. We originally said 6, but we're going to have to adjust the schedule just a little bit. Uh, so we will be meeting tomorrow at 5 o'clock. IVs will rehearse at 7. Um, don't forget Cyber Sunday School replays at 6 o'clock. New Testament Word Walk is on Thursdays at 11.30 and 7 p.m. And don't forget, we would love to have you in worship this coming Sunday. It is the last first Sunday in year 2023. Um, I'm excited to conclude our message series, You Don't Know My Story, as we will also share together in the Lord's Supper and Holy Communion for the final time in year 2023. Blessings upon all of you is our prayer. Be blessed, be safe. Know as always, beloved, we love you all.